I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So... Welcome to the last episode in this series of Laughter Unlocked and uh, joining me for this very special occasion is the one and only Des McLean who was on the first series and what an episode that was and it's great to have you back. Des, how are you? It's great to be back. I'm the only act, comedian, performer, artiste to be asked back. Is that right? Uh, no. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I knew no, you got me. I no. said I'm coming into tune for nothing. Oh, new. One other person, Jay Lafferty, but there is a reason for that. Doesn't because... matter. I just say that because of my ego. <laughs> I've never held another man's scrotum in my hand. <laughs> um, that, that, that's Tapao and China in your hand. We were just saying outside there, but whenever I meet you guys, it's just like a kind of a celebrity Tourette's I've got in it when I burst into Conley and Parsons, and you just always love it. So <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, I do. I have a wee confession. I sometimes message Des and say, going to. Going to phone me up and pretend to be Alan Partridge. No, he did. By the way, he genuinely did. I had to give him some bad news. That it was like I had to cancel this thing that we was a bit. It was quite important. It was one of the podcasts, and at the last minute, I had to cancel it. And I don't like doing that. And he went, "Oh, I'm really. Oh, that. I'm really, really." Oh, you're joking. And he says, we're going to tell me in Alan Partridge. That's <laughs> so, a good tell him it's as It's softened the blow. Now, it, one thing about, so as a, for, because there's a special occasion, the last episode in the series, Des is, going to, uh, Des is going to interview me because everyone who's been following it after Unlocked knows what the story's all about. It knows it's about my journey, which began about a million years ago and finished at the Edinburgh Fringe uh, just a, a week or so back. So Des can ask me all about it. But first, Des, you got a wee bit of news you want to share with us. Since the last time, Simon, since our, our last time, you know that I was ready to embark on a national tour playing the legend that is Bertie Old, the Lisbon yeah. Lion and Celtic legend. And you came along I last did. year when it was just the old reading off the script. At Webster's, yes. Webster's, right. you came along right away. You did a wee piece in the, the newspaper about it and stuff, and you really liked it. You, and so it was since then, oh, it's kind of it's grown big arms and big legs. Now... I was in Motherwell Concert Hall and uh, it was sold out. It was a brilliant night. The whole thing just looked apart. Massive screen, great venue, you know, Motherwell. And, but the most important thing for me was that Bertie's family were all coming along. Bertie's son, Robert, and his wife, Susan, were sitting in the second back row and with friends. And then the front row was Bertie's grandchildren. Grandkids were all sitting there. So the pressure was on. I, I, I had to make sure that I totally nailed it that I, I, I totally respected Bertie. I, I couldn't have Bertie sounding like this or that. I, I had to have Bertie sounding like Bertie Old and I had to look like him and sound like him and do them proud. You had mm -hmm. to. Yeah. And uh, you wondered, was that all right? Was that all right? At the end of the show, they came down, banged on the dressing room door and they said, is it okay if you come down? They'd already messaged me to see if you could meet the cast. Came down and Robert's wife says he was breaking his heart when you were doing that, breaking oh. his heart. And I thought, oh. what, was it that bad? He went, no, he was breaking his heart. Genuinely, he thought you were brilliant. And uh, it was it was really 
moving. It was everything. It was emotional. It was, and they said after you did the final speeches, Bertie, where Bertie talks about his career with Celtic and how, and at the end of it, I've always got a lump in my throat, and I go, you know, I know the Celtic fans. I, I never ever walked alone. That you've not seen yeah. this version after yeah. Bertie sadly passed away. It's more of a tribute to Bertie. It's more kind of Bertie's whole career with Celtic from from when he was a young boy. And it is really, really sad in places. And Robert says, oh, oh unbelievable. And he says, right, listen, I'll message you tomorrow. And I never thought any more of it. The next day at lunchtime, I get some message from Robert Old, Bertie's son, and it's the Bertie's Lisbon line blazer. And he oh. sends me, and I'm like, why is he sending me that? He went, a wee present for you from my mum, from oh. Bertie's wife, to that, keep. Just for <laughs> Right away, your brain starts going, what is that to wear for the... I wore it to the rest of the tour. My heart was bursting with pride. I'm not just saying it. It was incredible. It fitted me like a glove. I had the tailor all ready to go. I wore it. The very next show was was good old Oban, and I was telling them all about it. And it was unbelievable. And uh, I, I was I was breaking my heart the whole weekend. I thought my dad would be proud. My mum was greeting. But those tears of sadness turned to tears of joy on the Tuesday afternoon when I get three and a half grand for it on, on eBay. No, 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 I didn't, I didn't do it. I can't resist that, you know. So, uh, no, no, not at all. It's it's uh, it's invaluable. I've had to get the house insured a wee bit dearer. It's, it's, it's under lock and key. Um, no, no, it's incredible. And I'll now be wearing that to Vegas next year. Wow. So, you know, we're playing the same room as Elvis Presley did when he broke the record for the longest run ever in Vegas. We were playing that. So, so anyone, anyone who's listening who's unfamiliar with the, what the show is about, it's called Bend It Liberty and it's, and it's the, the Jim Orr. Play. It's the Jim Orr, the brilliant Jim Orr, who ah. uh, he's, he's written a few Celtic plays, Bend It Liberty back. But this is Bend It Liberty and it's, it's not the Bertie old story, but it is more like the Bertie old story now. It's coming to the Pavilion Theatre in Glasgow. Since we did the tour, people are saying, when's it coming back to Glasgow? Because we only did that that couple of, of nights in Websters, which were sold out right away. It's going to the Pavilion, which is just a marriage made in heaven. It's a That is incredible. The Pavilion, the nostalgia, yeah. the size of the theatre, the, the history. Perfect. I always said that to Jim. Get it in the Pavilion, and that, that's where we want to be with Bertie. And it's going to Pavilion in February 23. Okay, right. And... That's a tickets for, that's a fantastic plug. So to get tickets for that, loads of ways I would imagine. Just go on the Pavilion website. Pavilion website, website uh, Bend It on Twitter, on Facebook. Just type in Bend It it'll come yeah. up. Pavilion website. The tickets yeah. are going really, really fast. There's yeah. only, f we're doing four shows, uh, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and a matinee on the Saturday afternoon. And it's really selling well, fast. I've got my tickets and I can't wait for it. Oh, that's so, right. So yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah. What a show it's going to be I, there. I'm not just saying it. This I, is, we're taking it to the Burnable. It was yeah. it was at Fur Hill before. But, <laughs> no, no, and no, no disrespect to Webster's, which yeah, is a great wee so, venue. Yeah, so so if the pavilions are burned about, what would Vegas be? Oh, <laughs> is there a, oh, I was going to say the new camp or something like that, you know. But I mean, Vegas is like Madison Square. Vegas is Vegas, isn't it? Vegas yeah. is like. I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, a kind of soccer stadium kind of analogy, but yeah, no, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing's. But so you told me that you mentioned Barry Manilow's going to be kicking around. At Barry the same. Manilow is the night that Barry Manilow is not playing this this theatre. We are doing Bertie, so it's his night off, and we are doing uh, Bertie, a wee matinee and a, an evening show. So we're trying to get Barry Manlow to like give out flyers for Bender Liberty. Bermuda Tricolor <laughs> makes people disappear. <laughs> Bermuda Tricolor, don't go too near, you crazy cuckoo guy. <laughs> don't know why he's turned into Sinatra. Very quickly, just in case I forget, I went to see Barry Manlow. That's why I'm sitting there. Oh, I thought about oh, that. Oh, 
and, and it was the funniest thing ever because uh, when, <laughs> I was, when I was walking, I, I went with my sister because my, my, my wife is supposed to be going with her, but she had another thing on that she had to go to. Kind of, she said to me, do you fancy going to see Barry Manlow? And I went, no, not really, but okay. And I had the night of my life. But uh, as I was walking out of the Hydro, our mutual friend Raymond Mearns was also walking out. And it was, was he, seen he was there as well. And we both looked at each other like... <laughs> David. What are you doing here? Uh, oh man, Dave, well you came and you stopped me from shaking. Is that right? Is that right, big bastard? <laughs> so it was a wee bit like, we'll never talk of this, ever. No, no, right, whenever, and then it was a, it was our wee secret, which I've now shared with you. Yeah. I saw you posted on your Facebook page saying, oh, I went to see Barry Manlow, good on you. And I was trying to, I was trying to kind of make light of it, when in fact it was tremendous. It. Apart from that, he's, he's, he's looking a wee bit like, kind of, you know, uh, he looks about, he morphed into Dennis Law. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, Mandy, well, you came and you stopped me from shaking, you know, what can I say, you know, the old Bermuda Triangle, man, what a plan, man. oh, yeah, me and you, what a guy, so, um, uh, so me and Barry Manilow will be in the same venue, just, uh, it's incredible, isn't where, it? Where, where, where does, I mean, you've had a cracking career, but when we, where, where does, like, you know, doing, you know, playing Bertie Old in Vegas with Barry Manilow, kicking about, <laughs> giving flyers, where does that rate in the... Uh, it's not been confirmed that Barry will be giving out flyers just yet, but oh, it's got to be. I know that everybody in you know in show business and all that go. Oh, this is the biggest thing yet. I, I can die a happy man now. I'm playing a Celtic legend in Vegas. Well, when Barry Manlow's on as well, hopefully we need to, just a photo of Barry giving out one flyer. Now there may be some people who have listened to this episode that didn't listen to the last episode. So for them, I need. To, uh, ask you to tell us a story about the gig you had to turn down the last time you went to Vegas. <laughs> but do you want to hear that? Oh again? yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Uh, it was a few days. It was three days before Vegas. I'm sorry if you've heard this before, but people seem to want to hear it again. It was three days before Vegas, and I was in all the newspapers. Viva Des Vegas, a big double uh, spread. It's now that's now in my my pub called Harry's Bar Magari's. It's all in the framed Viva Des Vegas, me and Sinatra and all that. I was in all the chat shows, popular Glasgow comedian Des McLean is off to Vegas. I was in, you know, TV, um, live at five and all that, all these mm. weird chat shows, you know, tea time things. And I was on everywhere and I was going to Vegas and I just thought, this is it, this is it, it's happening. I get a phone call and I looked at my phone and you know that way when some number comes up and you don't know it, you're like, oh, I'll just leave it. It'll be some sales guy. I went, no, I'm going to Vegas. I, I need to be positive. I went, hello. And this old guy went, hello, I'm looking to speak to Mr. Des McLean, please. I went, speaking, he went, I was wondering if you were available on the 21st of this month to come and play the Twecker Miners and Welfare Club. Dude, I'm playing Vegas that night. There is not a gig on the planet that I am going to drop for Vegas. And I thought, well, oh, I better not tell this old guy that I'm playing Vegas. He's going to feel really foolish, you know, that he's offered me the Twecker Miners and Welfare Club. And I went, sorry, sir, I'm actually booked to play Vegas that night. And he went, pity, it's cash in the hand. <laughs> and I thought, wait a minute, why did you not say that? Because we all know that cash in the hand trumps anything, don't we? No, but let's be honest, you know, and uh, people can't obviously see this, but you know that way it's scientifically impossible when you, you know, if you're going to a mechanic or a... a or a tradesman, a brickie, a hairdresser. You do that thing where the wee eye kind of shuts out and you've got the wee claw and the <laughs> and the mouth at the side and you go like, you want to go cash in your hand? And they automatically go, I don't cash in your hand. It's like some form language and passers-by are walking by and you're like, I don't cash in your hand. And they respond, cash in your hand. You ever notice that? 
it's just that... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm greeting here. I would, but, uh, I would love to have seen the email that you maybe had to send off to the organisers in Vegas. So, listen, look, sorry about the short notice here. For this, <laughs> have you heard of Twicker? Um, but oh, that's me, Barda. I'm, I'm, but uh, no, seriously, I got an email from them during COVID saying we want you to come and tell that story. Aye. So in Twerker, from Twerker to Vegas. So, so funny. So, right. So back to why we're here tonight. Mm -hmm. This is the last episode. The the Laughter Unlocked podcast has been pretty much parallel to the the wee journey I'm on, which has set the challenge. See, can you, you know, I've I've repeated this story a million times. Apologies for that. But I think it was July 2019. My editor said to me, do you think you can learn stand up? And do you think you can like play the Edinburgh Fringe? So that was that was what it's all about, and and um, you know maybe forty gigs later or something, which you know you, I'm saying forty like it's a load, you know, t- t- speaking to a guy who probably does forty a week. But anyway, so I did I did I, I, I did a couple of ten minute spots at the Beehive in uh, in Edinburgh a couple of weeks ago, and it went all right. And I feel as though you know I've kind of you know I've achieved what the target was. And I can relax a wee bit now, you know. But but is that itch ever really going to go away? No, Listen, no, no, no. Right now, I need to, right. Let's let, let's turn the tables round. Let, let's let's switch <laughs> oh, it around. I've always wanted to be up with Alan Partridge. Right. So not Partridge. Here's the thing, though. What I think what added to the whole the drama of this whole thing, you know, that the, the this this guy, you know, can you do stand up? Is it as easy as people think? Making people laugh, you know. And we know what you've been doing. You've been out, you know, as a war, you know, journalist and all that kind of stuff, and. Uh, so here's the thing, though, um, you had to wait all through COVID and, and, and to eventually do it. So it's basically near enough a four year thing. It's probably, yeah, three, it will be, years. yeah, it's only three years, I from because I was meant to be doing 2020. I was, I had a poster made and everything, <laughs> that poster made, I was at a tiny wee corner of someone else's poster, but um, yeah, so that, so that, that kind of shattered it a wee bit. And then 2021, I, I kind of felt. I just, I, it just didn't feel right for a million reasons. It was going to be, it was going to be a, a really, really watered down version of the Fringe, you know, and 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 I, I wouldn't get the the proper experience no. of it. And the Fringe was back, it bounced back this year. It was more like the old Fringe. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. a lot of my mates, that were all doing loads of stuff at it. Here's the thing, though, um, how when you got there, that mm. this is like, you know, the Fringe is like the World Cup. Yeah, you know, it's like World yeah. Cup for comedians. It's yeah. it's a place you want to be. There's nowhere bigger. It is. It's the mecca. It's the big one. How did you feel when you finally got there and you performed at the Fringe? Well, what what I found um, interesting about it was that I, and the, the, the ten minutes that I do, I know inside out now, mm-hmm. and I can you know I can re- recite it in my sleep. Just for a micro nanosecond, when I started on the it was a Friday and the Saturday and the Friday, just for, I, I kind of stared into the audience. I think I saw my I saw my other half. And for a nanosecond, I thought, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and, and a wee dry up and it's rebooted. But I, there is a reason for that, though, because I didn't I didn't start exactly the way I would normally start because I thought, I'm just going to try and freestyle a wee bit. Why would and you do that? Because, I know, well... That's stand-up suicide. Well, what, well what, what had happened, so Jay Lafferty was, was hosting the show, chatting to people from Switzerland, Germany, America... And I'd never had that in the shows I've done in the stand or or whatever else. I'd never done it. I'd never had an international audience. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking onto the stage, international audience, it's not, it's not quite Barry Manlow giving it flyers, but <laughs> um, as I was walking on the stage, th- th- this German couple caught my eye. And anyone who knows me knows that I bore the backside off them with the only sentence I ever remember for doing German at school. 
right, which is uh, Vi Comic Ambitions and Rathaus, bitte, which basically means, can you give me directions to the town hall? Right, totally fucking, yeah, totally irrelevant. Please right? don't tell me that you. I did. I oh. said. I said to them. I went. Hello Hamilton. Hello East Kilbride. Hello Shawlands. Hello Munich. Have you come again? And they started laughing. And I said to the audience, "I've just asked some directions to town halls. It's the only thing I remember from school." And I actually got. I'll let you hear the wee recording. Mm -hmm. I got a, got a good laugh. Right. But it was after that. For a microsecond, I thought, what, "How do I normally start?" And when, and always, I start with the same thing. Like, I'm I'm quite new to this, so don't laugh. And that always gets a good response. Mm -hmm. But it was just a microsecond. In reality, there wasn't a delay, but in my, my in my brain, it felt like a lifetime because I felt like, "Oh, here it is! It's finally happened." At the point where the whole journey was supposed to reach a crescendo, I'm going to corpse. But I, but I did, I pulled it, got it together. So you were willing to run the risk of being a smart arse just because you knew this wee bit of German <laughs> and throwing your whole your whole order of your set you yeah. know, up in it just yeah. to be a wee smart arse and yeah. to impress two Germans <laughs> and run the risk of the whole audience going, he's a smart arse, we, we want yeah. you to make us laugh, it's not just about them. Yeah. You got, oh, by the way, you got out of that one, you got, you got off yeah. the ropes with yeah. that. But it was a wee lesson though. Aye, and, and I'm surprised that you you waited until you were in the you know the big stage to I do just, it. I just felt like as I, I think it was just because I kind of felt right. Do you know what? I'm doing my ten minutes, but I just wanted it to be that wee bit more special than just doing it. You wanted to be a smart arse. Aye, that's probably it. Yeah, Aye, and I had probably more family and friends there than we'd normally would have either. <laughs> oh. So it was a wee bit. Of, I was probably trying to showboat. Were you playing to the galleries? Yeah, were you but, kind of a, yeah. But but but, uh, but anyway, the, the 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 happy ending is that. I remembered it and off I went. And then just once I was off, I was, that's it, you know. I, I mean, was... good for you for, for doing that. But if it did throw you, if, I mean, you, you've got wired to your brain the set that you, mm -hmm. as you said, you could do. Mm -hmm. If I woke you up at five in the morning, yeah. do your set, you would know it. You yeah. could do it under anaesthetic. Yeah. You could do it back to front. You could, but you risked all that yeah. just to get a wee. Yeah. But good on you. You know, it, yeah. it paid off. But, but oh, you took it. Was right, it was, yeah, it was, aye, aye. It was a wee back heel, you know, in, in your own area. And yeah. luckily enough, it went to the goalie. And that's it. And it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, the and they didn't pick it up because that would have been an indirect free kick. Well, uh, yeah. But uh, I don't want to get bogged down on more football <laughs> analogies. So here's a question, though. Be honest with me. Be mm. honest with me and be mm. honest with the hundreds listening, thousands listening, tens of thousands, <laughs> millions, maybe, potentially. <laughs> Although that you finally went and met the Wizard of Oz and they, right. you got to the end of the rainbow and, and right. the Edinburgh is the biggest international, it's, it's the big one, right? Was that your most favourite gig of your journey? The Friday? The, the, yes, well, not the Friday, because the Friday, the Friday I, I felt just that wee bit anxious. The Saturday was the first time I had in my entire journey that I'd done two back-to-back -back shows. Mm. So this, this this term match fit that, that comes up. I mean, two back to back shows. Two, like, and then that's that was my run. That was my how big. Did do how did they get <laughs> through know. that? <laughs> no, but, but we were talking about Elvis doing an eight year run at, at Vegas. You done two back to backs in the Beehive on the glass market. Ten gave minutes me, each. Sure, what it did, it gave you a tiny wee flavour of what it must be like to do it on a nightly basis. Because the set on Saturday, I was just I was I, I don't I don't mind saying I felt I was flying. Yeah, your third gig. I didn't do the. Uh, I, didn't, that, I didn't do the wee German bit at the start. No, no, we were back to the kind of a, the real nuts and bolts, a solid mm. uh, uh, set. But here's the thing that is interesting. Although you're just say, you know, although you're just kind of a talking about always oh, match fit after that is true. I mean, even though mm. you only what was it three gigs all in? No, it was two. It was just two. It was the Friday and Saturday. Right. But it was the Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know that way that I, I, what, what was my previous gig before that? A couple of weeks, three weeks yeah, or something yeah. maybe. Um. 
but this was the first time that I had that it was that that it was just so everything was just so fresh and where you know what to emphasize and what not to emphasize and what to do then you know everything just the Saturday it just felt like it was the most enjoyable gig that ever, was it. You've I, ever uh, I would, even I would, better than East Kilbride. Oh no! Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? I, I still got a couple of pals who were there that night. East Kilbride talking about that and said that they felt I, I I was as good as they'd seen me because that I, I felt that night East Kilbride was was. Pretty much, aye. That was probably up until the Edinburgh would have been the best. I know we're mentioning East Kilbride, you know, as yeah. a you know, we're you, you get anything to plug there? Well, East Kilbride Comedy Club that's coming up on Sunday, the twenty fifth of <laughs> September. That's another one. We don't need to plug that. Always sold out. All kidding aside, see that East Kilbride gig. It is as good as any purpose built room. It's incredible. Every comedian it's, it's been nominated for the, the best comedy night. Da da da. <laughs> but the thing is, the reason that I mentioned that is that the East Kilbride is a lot of new comedians favourite ever gig and their best ever performance don't know why that is it just is right well I remember I remember thinking that the the, the interaction you have with, with, with the a lot of the regulars in the audience I leave the was, balls lying at the pockets for you that's, you know, that's, you, well, I, that's, that's a very good way of putting it yes yeah. I because because they're a lovely room of people and mm-hmm. I mean I'm not, I'm not I mean, obviously it's not exactly the same people every every time no, but, the, but the, there were one the, or two the regulars are all comedy savvy people you yeah. know and they 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 will, if you're good, they will really encourage yes. you. If you're bad, they won't put up with any snaps. Aye. They're not just going to laugh at any old pish. On, on the occasion that I've not enjoyed a gig, it's it's maybe had people sitting at the front or at the tables at the front who look like they don't want to be there. Next question. Been... That's my next question. Have you died on your chuki? Do you know, there, there was one horrible night I had and it was a kind of, it was a, a charity thing in the Squash Club in uh, Mary Hill. <laughs> Squash Club in Mary Hill? Aye, it's, 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 it's called the Scottish Rackets Club or something like that, or up a gas cube way, I think it is. And I I made a big mistake. Uh, this was just maybe, I'd only done something like 10 gigs. Mm-hmm. And the guy was organising it as a friend and he said, look, we're having a wee night. It's a wee kind of, there's going to have an exhibition match. They're having a buffet, but they're, but they want somebody on to do a wee bit of a wee bit of comedy. Don't worry. I have told everybody that you're not a comedian, but you're kind of learning the game, and everybody's kind of <laughs> hopefully not the audience. I and I said, well, I is that well, this is it. But it wasn't really an audience. It was just it was just a right. handful of people who were just you know regulars mm-hmm. in this club who'd watched a squash game and they're having their dinner. And it actually turned out I don't think the message had even been put across that there was even going to be somebody right. doing it. Okay. And I, and they wanted me to do twenty minutes, and I just I it was horrible. I didn't enjoy it at all. I, I, I mean, because because it wasn't an audience of people who no. had gone to see comedy. It was an audience of people who were there having a night with their pals drinking and almost being disturbed. Now, if they were being disturbed by somebody like Des McLean, then they'd say, oh, this is a bonus. I'd be surprised. But, but, but they were disturbed by a guy who was just fresh at the rapper. How did you do 20 minutes? I did 20 minutes, aye. I and remember you telling me about this and you said it was quite uh, harrowing and now uh, you're going to need to hate it. Somebody, there was a guy, there was a guy I, won't, I won't say what he shouted, okay. but it was to do with my, my work, with my place of work and all that. And it was, uh, and, and, it, and it really, it, it caught me unawares a wee bit, you know, and I was kind of, yeah. And, and you know, I wasn't getting paid for it or anything. And I was, you know, I was mm-hmm. doing it one time and I was kind of, the end I kind of said to the guy, I feel as though I'd taken a bit of hospital pass with this whole thing, you know, but anyway, it was... So did you have you can talk to you can talk to me tonight. It's, it's only it's only us. Did you was your ego kind of saying you know what I've I got twenty it. minutes here. I'm going to storm it, and you know what it'll be brilliant because I'm getting into this. I know what I'm doing. Did you because you felt every I, single performer, whether they are a five minute open spot or a, a we've all got egos and we yeah. all do think. You no, know what? no, I, I absolutely felt. If, I mean, if if I thought there was no way I could have done it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, basically, what I what I did is I you know I, I had. 
I had a wee kind of extra two or three minutes that I'd done before that I'd never used again since that went down all right when I played the Rotunda I hadn't used it uh, it was a bit of Holiday Wales I went bore with it just now I bolted that in I bolted other wee bits that I'd done before just from some after dinner stuff I'd done mm-hmm. and I just I just cobbled together what was about 20 minutes and I just but there was a lot of it too was talking about the charitable side of it and how we were raising money it was the, the, the money was get, was going towards the charity the, 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 the Scottish Sun was was um, mm-hmm raising money for that particular Christmas campaign. So that took up about five minutes. So as far as the material was concerned, it was maybe realistically sort of 15. But it was more the fact that it was people who didn't really want a comedian. That wasn't why they were mm-hmm. there. They were there for a night out and, they, and it wasn't even advertised it was going to be in the doing no. show. So, but it wasn't like, you know, I'm talking as though it was like an absolute disaster. It was all right. It was okay. But, it, but if you're asking what the worst experience was, that was probably... I mean, what, were, you going, were you going minutes and minutes without... Any laughter at all? Were you, did you realise your head? I just want to get. Uh, want there to was get a wee here. bit. There was a wee bit of that. But I mean, I've got a couple of things that I do. You see, you see, and I think I've discussed this with you before. I I, I talk a wee bit about my war reporting days, mm-hmm. um, in my stand up routine. But I found myself there actually just get into a wee bit more about just what it was actually like in Iraq and in Kosovo, and maybe dropping the comedy side of it a wee bit. It was kind of good. I was, I was all over the place like Stolen Motor, but it was, but they were enjoying that. They were enjoying, quite enjoying uh, listening to it. Um, and then it, it was just very disjointed, you know. Do you, think part, do you think some of them thought, maybe didn't even know that you were meant to be there wasn't funny? That, I, do you I, think well, you were just going to no, go no, there like well, it? wasn't that bad. No, <laughs> no, they were, they were. <laughs> I'm just thinking if they just enjoy all he's talking about. No, the <laughs> guy, the, 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 I did tell the story at the start. Right. I said, listen, I'm not a comedian, right? I'm learning the game, mm-hmm. right? So okay. cut me some slack. And then I did my, I did the beast, the stuff I do with the Glasgow gangster scene went down very well. Which is brilliant. Particularly in the north of Glasgow. Mm-hmm. They, they totally, they, they, they laughed their socks off at that. And the worst stuff they, they, they find interesting. But then I, did, I, I was just kind of, I was doing new stuff I'd never done before. I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that that whole, what you've just described there, every single comedian, that would be daunting for any any one of us mm-hmm. to, if, <laughs> to go turn up to some, it sounds like a kind of extended dinner party Aye. in a weekend of a public place somewhere. <laughs> a bit at, like that. At, and you've went up there and you're getting in the way of their glass of wine. You really yeah. are. And yeah. it's like, do we need to listen to this shit? And the fact that, you know, you, you were only an apprentice, you weren't mm-hmm. a, a household name. Yeah. So that was a tough one. Yeah. But ha- having said that, you did actually take the plunge and, and you dived into one of the toughest comedy gigs uh, scenario platforms which was zoom i did that yeah, i had headline acts running a mile and they know who they are mm-hmm. they know who they are they yeah. fucking know who they are we can yeah. swear on this can we of course we right, can of course we can. they fucking know who they are <laughs> no I, I had all these when i started my zoom gig comedy club in your front room with zoom <laughs> um all the big na- a lot of the big names not all of them but a lot of them went days i'm not doing it I, I just can't do it mm. i'm like what why no but I, I, I seen the ones at the stand and they're getting no reaction and twitter they're just getting destroyed online i don't want to do it and you know what a lot of them but see the new acts they've got no fear they don't know they don't yeah. they don't realize yeah. so, but the the bigger ones knew that they had a reputation to lose and yeah. they didn't want did you hear about did you hear about him dying his whole yeah. <laughs> zoom made it right so then when my gig became really good they all came cap in hand. A lot of them did. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, but I was getting on guys who every week it was getting stronger and stronger. Mm. Where, where have I seen him before? Mock the week. All right, there's that guy for like yeah. Apollo. There's her yeah. that was on eight out of ten cats. They were all names every week, and I was getting Hal Cruttingdon and yeah. Joe Caulfield and all these people e- email me who weren't even on Facebook or anything. We hear that your Zoom gig's the best, which yeah. it was. So you jumped in and went, "Can I get a gig at that as well?" Yeah. And, and, and I really, well. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And and what I would admit, and and, and anyone who has done uh, you know Zoom gigs would admit to doing the same. It allows you to cheat a little bit. Of course it does. And, and you know, that the post-it notes around the screen that, that nobody, no one can see, but you can see. So it means that you've got your prompts. The old, you don't have to write things in your hand. And we've discussed that before as well. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I tell them, you, if I see any ink in your hand, you ain't going on my stage, simple as that. Yeah. But, but this, just to explain to the, the audience how tough Zoom gigs were to start off. In my first ever Zoom gig, I'd heard all these horror stories, but I had to do it, I had to do it. And there's a wee woman, it was for the NHS, so you couldn't back out. Two comedians already did back out, and it was just me and a few wee uh, new, new acts. And I remember going, up, I went, hold on a minute. I'm not just shouting into the darkness. I'm not just shouting into the unknown. There's a, there's a woman there with a wee glass of wine laughing at me. There's a woman there with a glass of wine laughing at me. There's, and this woman was just sitting shaking her head, shaking her head. And I went, is she shaking her head at me? And then we spotlighted her, which means you put them on the full screen. Yeah. And she just, she just shook. I felt... Maybe she's just got a wee facial tick or something like that. That's what it'll be. And then she just turned and she went, do you think I gave up my Saturday night for the shite? <laughs> it turned me off. It just turned me off. Yeah. I thought, that's what you yeah. call an instant review. Yeah. But you were brave enough to come on and do the Zoom. Yeah. And so, you haven't, I'm not sure if you asked me this yet or not, but is that is this the end for me or is the kind of, is the itch? Can I well, ask you at the start, uh, yeah. you know, are you still going to scratch well, that itch? Yeah. it doesn't go away. Well, no, that's exactly it. Because I feel I feel as though, I feel, I'm not saying I've learned it. And, and in fact, and I wrote a piece about this, uh, uh, you know, after the Fringe show, my original question, was, set, there was the challenge was, can you learn stand-up? And I don't actually think you can. I really don't. I think in order to become a stand-up comedian, I think you have you have to have something about you first. I don't think you can just take someone off the street mm-hmm. unless they have a kind of, well, that term funny bones that people always use, or the, unless they've got something about them. I don't think you can take someone who is completely unfunny and teach them it. So are you saying to me that every single stand-up comedian in this country and any country who's making a living all necessarily have funny bones? The successful ones, I. Really? I mean, well, you know, I'm thinking about that as I'm answering, and, and I, I, I just think you can... As somebody said, it may have been you in the previous episode, you can teach the mechanics of it. You can teach mm-hmm. the mechanics, you can teach the, you know, you maybe you can teach some stagecraft. I've seen many comedians who have got, you look, if I was to throw you down a, the, the wee sheet of paper, you go, that's dynamite, that's amazing. And then you watch them trying to deliver it and you're like, oh, right, okay, yeah. they can't deliver it. And they write brilliant stuff. Yeah. Now that's only certain, you know, it's, yeah. so it all depends. So if you're saying that, then that means that you're admitting yourself that you had a wee something, you already... <laughs> We're a witty guy, mm. and yeah, but I'm not saying I've, I'm not I'm not saying that I have I have I have, I mean I'm not a stand up comedian. No, but but you, but you started this whole uh, project, this whole kind of a dare, uh, uh, whatever you want uh, to call it, to see if you could learn stand up comedy. But you, then you kind of I, have, le- I, le- yeah. I learned I learned it to to a sufficient extent where I was able to do yeah. a couple of ten minute spots at the fringe. Uh, so it's a case of right. I've reached that point now, and and the big question now is what's next. 
in the moment I'm too busy with work to, do, to even think about what's next but I, but I do I am intending to do more I seen a poster spot. today with your name on it for Mother Won't Saturday yes that's right, right. <laughs> so yes, there you are not hanging about the, uh, yeah although to be, I, th- I think I was uh, I think I was asked about that God, weeks ago now so it wasn't like yeah mm. I mean I, and in fact I said yes to that before the fringe so mm. I kind of yeah so I'm doing another one it's not like I'm, I haven't retired the reason I'm asking... That's going to be a Frank Sinatra comeback at Motherwell. You crazy cuckoo guy. <laughs> right. The reason I'm asking, because I've watched many, many uh, acts over the years, old, new, young, old, whatever, all shapes and sizes, and it's a very difficult thing to get out your system once you start. The, the amount of dopamine, serotonin, whatever, in that... See, when you come off stage and you've had a really good gig, which yeah. I, I witnessed you, I saw you having a really good gig in East Kilbride, and... Uh, You've had gigs at Rotunda and all that, and obviously now at the Fringe. That feeling, people go, is it is it better than getting drunk? Aye, is it better than sex? Depends who you're having sex with. <laughs> is it better than, than you know, and, and people go, aye, 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 it is. Well, I can't explain it. It's amazing. And it is. It is amazing it's, when you walk off. You, oh, you, you, you can't, you, know, you think sometimes it's so good, you think you're just going to explode. You're flying. You just think, this you're is absolutely amazing. buzzing. You're 10 feet tall. Yeah, 100%. And, and for, for me, it's always like... Uh, I don't know if this is maybe the Scottish thing or something, but I just want to get a pint down me straight away, you know, because I don't drink before it, and uh, and I've I've always stuck to that that you know some people do and some people don't, but I've I've always felt that, particularly when I was talking about my tiny wee nanosecond of a of a of mm-hmm. a of mm-hmm. a flutter, um, in Edinburgh, I kind of felt maybe a pint or two before it would would probably have exenuated that and may have, you know, I mean, here's another thing, and every comedian will admit this at some point there's been times in this game I remember getting to the BBC comedy the new comedy awards final very very early it came too soon for me I remember being absolutely paralysed with fear with nerves before it and there's situations where you do big gigs corporate gigs this and then suddenly you're really 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 nervous a lot of new acts think that nerves is a weakness when it's not nerves is your fuel and your tank nerves is respect nerves is right okay I'm nervous which means I don't do that I don't it's a wee warning constant you know and there's a, I heard these open spots, which is new acts for MD, and they were going, oh, he still gets nervous, as if it was a weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll always, Billy Conley says, oh my God, I still get hell of a nervous and all that. You know, the the w, the, the world heavyweight champion of comedies, of course you still get, it's like a boxer going into a ring and, you know, in training and getting nervous. He doesn't want to get knocked out. You don't want, but you, have you noticed that? Did you get a, any more nervous or any less nervous through the last few? Uh, I mean, you've done about forty odd gigs. Yeah, so yeah, definitely get less, uh, but but still a lot. If you see what I mean, aye, I aye. still remember that first time in the stand. Um, you know, standing behind the curtain, mm-hmm. waiting for the music, my name, and if someone had given me a get out at that point, I would oh, have taken. Yeah, that's I, the one. I, if I somebody went, there's a wee pint going out that back door. Right. You don't really need to. Well, we're only we're, we're only winding up. You don't need to do this. I just yes. Yeah. Um. So I have never been at that level, but but there's always that level of anxiety. Look, that, 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 that feeling of um standing on a stage when you've put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm here to make you laugh and make a tit of yourself. There can't be many worse. You know you. Feelings or, or or worries that that could happen. Uh, people say to me, "Is it worth the payoff that storm in a gig?" But but this before it, you get into some state and all that. I think the longer, like from my point of view, my toolbox gets bigger and bigger all the time. So I yeah. go, ah, I know what this crowd needs. This wee screwdriver here, yeah, open them up. Yeah, or this yeah, wee, look yeah. on it as an old tradesman type thing. But you really do need those nerves. And then yeah. when you get that first big laugh in. 
big deep breath and then you're out there yeah. and stuff like that. But, you, but what, what, you're right what you say. You could go and do a gig at the stand. Massive club, one of the biggest, one of the best. And then you'll be, the nerves will be different. You'll have butterflies going this way, going that way. You still want to... There won't be a gig where you've walked out and went... Oh, you know, there's no nerves here. This is where I walk no, apart because no. you're, you want every gig to, you want I, to be the best on yes, that lineup. I really do. I, I, and all, but also, I think it's because the, the stuff I've done has been so infrequent that I've never got to that level that right. where it's second nature. Yeah. I think if it, if it gets to, if I ever get to the level where, you know, where, where I'm doing it like every night and I'm doing it, I'm literally doing it in my sleep, then the, the nerves would obviously level out a wee bit. Because because you know that the experience will get you through, but when you don't have the experience and you and and you know you you've maybe never had you know properly died, I think you maybe have to experience that too. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, you need to, you need to, you need to, the a boxer hits a canvas a few times before he gets really good again. That's mm. the, I keep using that analogy. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to mm. go and you're going to be really really knocked down, and then you just need, and it's horrible. And uh, I remember when I started and I thought it was amazing, I thought it was awesome, I thought it was the best. I went to a free comedy club in Paisley and totally died on my home. This old guy went, you still here? I remember, <laughs> and I was like, and you need, to, you, need to, you need to get thrown on that canvas. You need to get knocked down and then go away and go, right, I'm no, I'm no the finished article. And then, you, and by the way, there's still a lot of comedians, doesn't matter if you're a TV comedian, if you've walked out at the, the Palladium, whatever, corporate gigs are a nightmare because you've got, a thousand eight hundred people say in the Hilton Hotel, half of them are get their back to you. They don't want to see you. They're all, yeah, you know, yeah. uh absolutely steaming. So th that's another thing as well. That you know, that's like being an open spot again, getting yeah. out of all these corporate gigs. The money's great, it'll pay yeah. for the holiday, all fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, it comes at a cost, you know. Yeah. So yeah. there's always going to be different level. And if I go out and compare a gig, I won't be as nervous, but you still want the gig to be good. You want people to say, oh, he's still funny or whatever. You know, there's an ego there and that you want to yeah. protect that. Interesting you mentioned comparing because one of the one of the, the guests in this series is Al Murray and, and, and I had managed to grab him for half an hour before, you know, before his, his show ended. And I asked him, you know, if there's one piece of advice you could give someone who's trying to kind of learn mm. the craft. He said, try to get... Um, a gig comparing, trying mm -hmm. to do a bit of comparing because if you can do that, it learns you learn how to open, you learn how to close, you learn how to really work the audience, and it just uh, and 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 you have to freestyle, I suppose as well. It's great advice. It's perfect advice because I keep saying to new acts, if you can get a cheeky wee night midweek or something, if somebody goes, does anybody want to compare this? Always go for it because you'll find yourself up against the ropes, maybe talking to somebody in the audience, and then a wee bit of material just happen yeah you know a wee bit of fairy dust and then suddenly yeah. oh, in a minute where did i get that material for oh it was that night when i was comparing and i was up against the ropes and i came good and it is uh, you're not just going out there telling it you know doing a 10 minute set and you know it back to front you're comparing so anything can happen you know there's no script when you're mm -hmm. comparing mm -hmm. and it is it's great advice mm -hmm. from al and yeah that i try and call i keep saying this to new acts if you compare 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 you yeah. dictate, you run yeah. the night, the night, you know, you you, you open, you close, you, you can do yeah. a big chunk of new material in the middle and yeah. nobody's really going to bother or notice if it's if it's not flying, you yeah. know. But if you do, and it, you know, you, you can introduce an act when you've just, well, that was all right, that, I came off and a wee laugh there, that's just nice. Yeah. Nobody really notices, so it gives you licence to, to kind of yeah. busk and yeah. try out new stuff, you know. Well, that was, that that's, that's certainly, well, we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what's what's next, but you know, depending on um, what sort of time I have, because it's not it's not something, you know, if you've got if you've got a full time job, and you've got a family, and you're saying to your other half, I'm going out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever to to 
you know, do comedy shows, you know, you probably wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be married long. Well, that that's, well, that's the next question. What did your good lady, what did your wife think about she, your whole well, madness and determination so to she, storm it as she, a comic? She, she's, um, she's enjoyed it. She's enjoyed watching it. I think she's been pleasantly surprised by it all. She did say that she felt the Saturday at Edinburgh was the best she'd ever seen. Uh -huh. And and she actually afterwards, she said, you know, you, 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 you've got something there, you should keep it going, you know, so that was, uh, that was a nice bit, of, a nice bit of encouragement. Can I just tell you that won't last? But don't go to that show in Motherwell because that's far too soon. No, and there's also the, two hundred people on the bill. When I say that won't last, <laughs> last is because my wife is just my most honest critic. You know, I I, I can come away thinking, oh, that was good. Well, you know, <laughs> oh, here we go. Aye. So they've got license to 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 criticise and be honest and brutal as well. But no, that that's is it funny that. Um, Ideally, in a fairy tale way, and like, like like watching a movie, you know, you see the end of the movie where you know the star finally comes good, and then mm. that's it. Mm. Your best gig, in your opinion, was definitely and your wife's opinion at the fringe on the Saturday night. Yes, I would well, that's, say so. That was the end game, wasn't yeah, it? That's what I, you wanted. I know, but I know. now you can't walk away. Well, You're going well, to Motherwell. I'm now. going to Motherwell now, but it's going to be tough. Try to you know squeeze time in because yeah, the bill is pretty big. It's a long. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I think I got down to. There was an interval between me reading the names. <laughs> we had to have a, a break. I, I got to the eleventh name. And I thought I, I, I'm, I'm shattered. I need to go and take a fifteen-minute break, and I'll start but, reading the names again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do that, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens after. But it does bring us on to an interesting point because, that to me. It feels as though there's so many people trying comedy. So, so many people. You, you've mentioned before about the number of open spots. I've never known so many. And I was championing a lot of uh, new acts during lockdown because they were coming to uh, my to Harry's bar. They were coming along and we're having one-to-one. -one. That's my garage. My purpose-built little comedy studio was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And they would, you know, we would, our sessions, we'd record them, we'd take notes, we'd get through everything. They'd come in with a five minute set, we'd extend it to a 10, they'd come in with a 10 minute set, we'd butcher it down to a solid five. They'd all come, yeah. the amount, oh, I mean, the amount of acts that, it was, it was great. Yeah. It kept you focused during lockdown, but it was all, it was amazing, uh, fascinating. I could write a book about the reasons that they all wanted. Some of them are well off. People with big houses and, you know, some of them are like really, really, you know, coming up with big flash cars and go, oh, I've got an open spot Tuesday night, I'm a bag of nerves. And you're thinking, you don't need this, no. but they obviously want to do it. And there was lawyers, there was all sorts of people and they heard and the, the, the you know, the word got round, oh, Des is doing one ones and all that. And it was a perfect time because there was no gigs going to, sure. so why not get into training? But you're right at... See that that uh, bill that you're doing this this coming Saturday, right? Every single act on that, there's about maybe 10, 11, 12 mm -hmm. new acts. Mm -hmm. they, they're all doing it for different reasons. They've all got different circumstances. Mm -hmm. they, they might not have full-time jobs. They might have full... And so it is that at the moment there is an absolute... <laughs> I've never known. I have never known. I've been in this game now, what, 22 years? I remember when I started and I was a wee pup and I'd look up to, like, say, Fred McCauley and Stu Who and Vladimir McTavish. And you were like, wow, you know, there wasn't a lot. Mm -hmm. you, you knew them all now. You can't, there's, there's just there's yeah, there's so no, many. Well, even the, you know, the Scottish Comedy Forum on Facebook, there's thousands 2, of people. 2,400 people? Yeah. How many are comedians? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's 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 crazy. The, the, so clearly it's something that a lot of people think they can do, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that again, which brings it back to that point. Because, oh, can you learn it? You can probably learn, you can learn to be, you can learn to be okay. But can you learn to be... 
you know, well, earning, good enough to earn a lot of money. But here's the thing: stand-up comedy is something that if, if you're sitting on a, say you're sitting on a plane talking to somebody, what do you do for a living? And I'll say I'm a stand-up comedian. They they, they go, I would rather die yeah, yeah. than go out there. I'd rather go in front of a firing squad yes. than go in front of an audience. If I say something, nobody laughs. So we're talking about something here that that nine out of ten people in the street would never do it. You've, you've seen somebody with a best man speech. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, I'm taking two Valium, I'm going yeah. to drink half a bottle of whiskey. But yet, all these people want to be a comedian yeah. at the moment. I mean, absolutely. And the amount of people that want to be a comedian is just incredible. <laughs> and I've had people who, this is the fascinating thing, I've had people come along to, to do one-to-ones in Harry's bar. They couldn't look me in the eye. No. They were looking at their shoes for the yeah. whole hour. And yeah. I thought, why do you want to do this? Oh, oh I, I love it. And you're thinking they, they wouldn't talk to me, and they, 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 you couldn't, you wouldn't meet a more uh, nervous and shyer person. But they want to go up there yeah. and die on their yeah. arse, potentially. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I mean, it didn't happen. And they, they, they all, we had a wee Zoom showcase at the end of the the the, the session. Say there was maybe eight comedians with a wee Zoom showcase, and I would compare it from <clears throat> Harry's bar. And then, so they were quite happy to go and do it on Zoom. And then I said, remember. Life's not going to be like Zoom. Next year, the, the hopefully, Touchwood, and everything did open up again. I said, you've got to go out there and you're going to smell people. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to smell fear. Yeah. And you're going to be back out there again. And they might not be as nice and as as polite and as kind because I've said to them, oh, we've got wee new acts here. And, you know, you're in your living room tonight. Be nice and all that. Yeah. So you could go out there and, you know, and Motherwell on Saturday yeah. night or whatever. And they'll be going, what's this shit? Maybe the, paid a tenner. Uh, maybe the night, but it'll just crashes and burns and I just think ah, that wasn't that, that wasn't for me this comedy game well but, uh, here's the next question then if you did totally crash and burn walked off to like beep silence <laughs> feedback on the mic to your own footsteps walking away and right would that put you off it might you know it might because I, because I, I, I'm at that I'm at that stage in my in, in my sort of life at the moment where I don't need to do it that might not be the case in six months, you know. I just so I don't know what's around the corner, and um, so I think I think if I if, if I was to go up there and just and get slaughtered and whatever, I just thought, oh no, this isn't worth it. But I don't think it will happen. Well, no, I, no, I, I I'm not. I'm just saying if it does, because the reason I'm asking, I've had uh, new acts and old acts, and then an act going that's I died on Mars. Yeah. Like, really, can it be that bad? No, no, no. It was terrible. It was terrible. Uh-huh. I was in tears. I went out. I went. <laughs> And then they're like, that's it, it's not for me. Oh, well, okay, well, well done, well done. And then three months later, Des, any gigs? Yeah. Because they yeah. just, they've, they're like, no, I, I, yeah. I, I kind of know what I went wrong. And you know what? I've rewritten that bit and I've made that bit better. It, it really is the hardest sure. thing to yeah. shake off. And I keep calling it that. Yeah. Sure, that's what you've got. Now, time is running on because whenever I talk to you, just time, talk, time we, flies. It does, what, it does. What else have you got coming up? Have you got anything else you need to mention to us? Just because we've got fans of yours out there listening. So just thank you. Um, Bend at Liberty, obviously, at the pavilion is the big one. And then we are going to Vegas. I've already had people from here booking up to go and see it in Vegas, and we're going to New York and all that, right? So that's going to be the big, the big stuff next year. Um, I was doing party at the Palace there, which was fantastic. I'm going yeah. to be doing that next year again. It's the Des McLean Comedy Stage, yes. which is brilliant, and uh, party at the Park in Perth. So that's all, all going to be happening next year as well. My comedy clubs are running regularly every every month. It's comedy at the Crow in Bishop Briggs, 
It's the East Kilbride Comedy Club. Obviously, that one where yeah. you had a great gig oh, the first time. Uh, you did, you yeah. Did. Well, if you ever want me back at some point. No, no, no. <laughs> I, is it the same set? Uh, well, do you know something? <laughs> here's, here's another point for any budding uh, new acts. By the way, a lot of new acts do listen to this, and they said that the, the last time that it was really good, um, when they messaged me after the, the one that I was on anyway. And um, here's the thing. I would rather that you worked on your 10-minute set or your five-minute set and you made it really, really good. Mm -hmm. You made it absolutely, you waxed and polished mm -hmm. it and it was an awesome and every single comedian, promoter, right. they, they know it inside yeah. out. Yeah. But at the moment, when I'm saying, when I'm asking you, is it the same 10? That's fine, that's fine. You know? I mean, see, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what answer you're looking for. No, 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 no. I know, I know that sounded like me going, oh, is it the same old shite? Right. Not at all. And too many acts now are kind of going. Oh, that's me. Got a new twenty. Yeah, or that's yeah. me. And they're trying to run before they can. Walk. I, I, well, that's it. No, it would, it would it, you know, it, the stuff I do now, I'm going to make better. But remember, nobody's then, seen you yet. And that's you a good know, point. You nobody's seen that. This is what I keep saying to all the. the you've done one night at maybe the stand, or one aye, night at the fringe, or one night in Scotland. Right? There's yeah, a whole world yeah, out there. They have, yeah. and that stuff you do about the the whole Scott Glasgow gangster aye. stuff is brilliant. That's yeah. your that's your. But and then you've got the war stuff as well. Yeah. But so you've still to really. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, haven't, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I, haven't, I haven't really started. There you go. That's so. That, so that what, what, like what, what we will do um, is just as we finish, I'm just going to play a little bit of the show in Edinburgh. We're going to welcome to the stage the wonderful Simon Houston. Side, uh, Vico became business of artist, did you? I asked the directions to the town hall because the only thing I remember. <laughs> um, right, so I'm still quite new to this, so please don't laugh. <laughs> I'm Simon, and uh, this is my first time in the fringe. So I'm kind of uh, a bit of a torrid time getting here today because uh, I've been following the instructions of government road safety advert. Have you heard that it's like drive while you've got gran in the car? Yeah, so I, I took a bit too literally, because um, I took a bend too fast and an ashes spilled everywhere. <laughs> I've earned the right to slag off old people. Uh, the last couple of years, I've been pretty much a full-time carer for my father-in-law, who recently turned 90. Uh, no, don't cheer, that was just encouraging to turn 91, and that is a last thing. The poor old guy spent pretty much all of lockdown, you know, stuck home alone, nobody to talk to. So we decided to get him a wee, for a wee bit of company, something to talk to. We got him an Amazon Alexa. Didn't really go to plan because he forgot her name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an IT specialist, right? But I reckon remembering, you know, Alexa's name is fairly central to the whole kind of interactive experience of it all. So he phoned up one day, totally exasperated, and he said, um, I think there's something wrong with that Alison Lassie. <laughs> <laughs> She's not talking to me, it's just ignoring me. I hope I haven't offended you. Can't say anything these days. <laughs> so we moved in. We moved, we moved both of them. We moved Bill and Alexa in, you know, so which is fine. But caring for somebody in the nineties doesn't come without its problems. I mean, she was talking about, you know, the, what she did in the hospital. Wouldn't repeat it. But, um, but the, in the hygiene department, when you get to ninety, you kind of you're maybe not as supple as you used to be, you know. So like washing all your bits and bobs, you know, kind of every reach. So my wife says to me like. Do me a favour. 
going to pop through and uh, just make sure it's clean. It's like, okay, just wash them. Okay, good enough. So I wander through it. Just as I get to the bathroom, she shouts, but don't use the fucking Joe Malone soap. <laughs> you ever notice how what's the fuck about Joe Malone soap and nobody actually uses it? It's a bit like, it's only for special occasions. And apparently cleaning my father-in-law's arse is not a special occasion. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I wouldn't dream of it. Hey, Bill, bend over. I thought a pomegranate noir right up in Johnson. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't suppose Alison could uh, next time, did she? <laughs> Ooh. My wife thinks she's married to Archie McPherson. That's mainly because I stop my feet through sex and say, let's take a look at that again. <laughs> this time from a different angle. <laughs> Very good. And then it goes on to the... I don't... I, I, really, I really wanted to really not like that, but it was really, really <laughs> so, good. Strong start. you got the audience your side, nice and relaxed, and uh, a, a lot of that stuff I hadn't heard. Well done. And I like so, that. So well, I think I've upset the Alison last week. You can't <laughs> say anything nowadays, can you? Know, sure. What I didn't do, though, because it just occurred to me, was uh, this is a genuine, genuinely true story. He, he, when he wants to get himself off to sleep at night, he, he'll ask Alexa to play him music, you know, to, and, and we heard him saying, uh, Alexa, play 90s music. And I think that was him thinking because he was in his <laughs> 90s, nice. and his bedroom's been up to Eminem. And he's like, there's some boy telling him to please stand up, please stand up. Uh, <laughs> Aye, excellent. So. You can't always have a go at the old, the old dears. That's, I made a living out of that, son. Green light for go. Listen, that was very good. And you said it was the same old shit. Well, well so, so that, that, that was new. And then I go in. So then I move into the, the, the do the gangster stuff and the war reports. And, and then, and so that's maybe about 10. That's, but it was probably about 11, 11 minutes. That, what I heard there, was really good. Strong start. You kept it going. Nice and relaxed. You didn't rush. Sounded good to me. Well, that's great because I'm good. That's, that's feedback from one of the best. So much appreciated, Des. Listen, that's it was a, good. I was dying to hate it. But <laughs> well, that's, that's a pretty nice way to finish things off. There you go. Well done. Um, well done on your journey. Well, I've I'm really, very impressed. I've enjoyed it and I've enjoyed getting to know you a lot better as well. And some other people, one or two people, I haven't enjoyed getting to know, but that's, <laughs> a, that's another story. Oh, uh, tell us. So oh, no. that's us. That's the second series of After Unlocked. Will there be a third? Well, who knows? We know. It's had two series. Two series, aye. And so I've, I've been on. You were two, on the first. I was on the first. I was, I was on the lost basement tapes that never ever got. No, that that the, yeah, when, yeah. When I, when whenever you know when I get when I sort of get run down and killed or something, they they like, oh I can sell some um, unheard material. We've got a few of them. Junior Barras. <laughs> aye. So the first series was eight, and then this one's been uh, about eleven or so. So I uh, mm -hmm. and we'll see what happens next. I mean, we'll, the comedy journey might continue, and then we'll do another one. I was so. saying uh, I, I took the wee screen grab of where it is in the charts. <laughs> <laughs> he, he took a screen grab. When it reached number 35, then I went, went on it now, and it's well, this one, that, but see, but the big social media push with this final episode. If I don't get into the top 10, I'll be absolutely raging. And all these people all around Britain and Denmark, and probably Germany as well, uh, because I'll make sure that the comic ambitions and Maratus is pushed heavily on German social media. I was going to say that the uh, Germans are going to love it. Aye, listen, well yeah. done on your journey, it's been really, really great. You've done really well. Well, appreciate it, Dave. So that's uh, that's all for us for the series. So uh, thanks again, and we'll catch you again soon.